Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham. I'm a confidence mentor for women, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. My intention is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. everybody we did this last time and let's do it again shall we let's just take a nice deep breath together inhaling right into the belly expanding your belly expanding your lungs and exhaling dropping those shoulders relaxing into your body more actively and giving yourself permission to show up here for your healing today bringing your awareness back to yourself and back home to ground energetically as you drop into this episode we have got a lot going on in the world that is calling for our attention and our focus and it can be really confusing to know how important it is to react or respond to something you know it's a lot so Whatever feels right for you, whatever you need, I want you to, I want to invite you to just honor that because when we have big upheavals in the collective, it affects us all on a really personal and deep level. I think especially with everything going on um, over in Gaza right now, we're hearing a lot about women and children being harmed and you know, young people at festivals that probably remind us of ourselves. And I think on a level that we might not even understand, this can be traumatizing. You know, we are all connected at the end of the day. So what happens to one person happens to the collective as well. So this can feel extremely emotional to let ourselves tap deeply into. I think it's important to have energetic boundaries at this time with the news and the media cycles, what we're ready to expand into and feel into, and then when we need to pull back, right? So um, as I was thinking about what I wanted to chat with you guys about today, anxiety was really at the top of it all. Stuff like this in in the cycles of news and the world can stir up a lot of anxiety on like an existential level, not just in our daily lives, but I think it kind of is intertwined with um, kind of a dull anxiety that I think a lot of us experience on a daily basis. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to break it down together and see what we can unpack and see, you know, see what the root causes are beneath the anxiety that um, almost all of us, I would say all of us probably experience on a day-to-day basis at some level. Some people have more of a heightened anxiety. Some people have no anxiety seemingly, but there's always a little something that we've got to move through day-to-day, right? Especially in seasons of change and um, growth and evolution. It's kind of a natural byproduct. So the first thing I want to touch on under this topic of managing anxiety and understanding it is self-compassion and not villainizing the part of ourselves that feel anxious sometimes. Um, I think when anxiety tends to crop up, and especially when it's heightened for long periods of time, we start to feel like something is broken in us, something's wrong with us, and that we're not as far on our healing journey as we should be. It can just 
it can breed a lot more anxiety than necessary when we start to villainize ourselves for having these denser feelings and these moments of mental chatter that are really unpleasant, right? So I invite you to just hold space for those parts of self that experience anxiety. And remember that you're a human being and that everyone you pass on the street, everyone you see day to day is a human just like you. And we're all moving through it. So this also elicits compassion for the collective and for all those people that you meet day to day, right? As within, so without. So as you're kinder to yourself, I think you'll find that um, the world is a nicer place to be in in general. Everything is mirroring us all the time. And along those lines of not villainizing it and actually seeing your anxiety as a character of yourself in a way like we've talked about this before on the pod talking about naming your inner critic right so same thing here like this could be your inner critic that you're talking to and you can name your anxiety the same thing but being able to name this part of yourself that is experiencing fear and density can be really helpful to humanize this aspect of yourself, but also to create a healthy separation between like, okay, so my soul's expression is love. My soul's expression is peace and trust. This expression of myself is more in my human embodiment side and a little bit more in the logical side. And when we think about it from a soul level, we're incarnating into these bodies and these bodies have a brain and a mind, the monkey mind. I've started to think about the the mind and the thinking mind much more as a part of the human embodiment and um, a little bit different when we get into the spiritual side of things. So it's kind of the nature of our existence to experience experience anxiety, right? So from that place, we can start to look at our bodies and our mental space as um, a system, a system that can be cleansed and healed and calmed through letting our soul speak and permeate our existence, if that makes sense. So the second part to this is mindfulness. And when we talk about mindfulness, which um, I'm sure you've heard me talk about before, is getting into the objective perspective and being able to witness your experience without being in it so much. So I would even go as far as to say it's like a healthy form of dissociation, um, which we practice in a mindfulness meditation. We kind of, we drop in and we drop out, <laughs> you know, we, we drop into the body, we anchor our energy, we get fully present, and then we start to witness and we start to look like a little bird in the tree. My projectors in human design will know what, what this feels like, but we can start to witness ourselves and start to put together the aspects of self like a little bit of a puzzle and say, okay, so here are all the thoughts that are coming up. And this is the story my thoughts are telling. And what is that story? And what am I making it mean? Is it true? Is it valid? Is it helping me? Is it healing me? Or is it harming me? Raise your hand if you feel like you're going through a quarter life crisis. Oh my goodness, I've been there. This can feel like a rock bottom, like you've hit a plateau in life, like nothing's really seeming to manifest that you're calling in and you're kind of unclear on where to even turn. You know you're ready to feel better, but how exactly do you go about that, right? I know what it feels like to throw everything at the wall as well without getting results and nothing helping. That was me five years ago. If you're listening to this podcast, you you're ambitious, you're probably ready and willing to evolve and change, and you know that it's possible to lead a happy, fulfilling, purpose-driven life, 
You know that you could feel confident in yourself, but you just don't know where to start. This is exactly why I've created and why I offer one-on-one confidence mentorship. Our work together is to bring loving awareness to those limiting beliefs and alchemize them so that you can finally step into the woman you've always known that you could be and bring you back home to yourself. What I love about this 16-week program is that we initiate huge action in your life to help you evolve into your highest self at 10x speed. It's been truly amazing to see my clients quantum leap from week to week. Head over to my uh, website to take a look at those testimonials for your expansion. Um, But if this is feeling resonant on a soul level for you, if this is feeling like a full body yes, that you're ready and willing to dive into your healing journey, just click the link in the description below to apply and I'll see you on your application call. Thanks for listening. That is why there's so much power in mindfulness and and getting objective is because you can actually start to label these things. You can start to label your thoughts. I think when we're in a cycle of anxiety or fear, we can, we can feel like it's all encompassing and it can feel like who we are and our identity is fear-based, but that's really not the case. So when we can actually label it as like, oh, that's my alter ego speaking, or that's fear speaking. Okay, that's okay. I love you. What do you need me to know? So the first part of that mindfulness practice is labeling what you're actually experiencing, giving it a name. Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it comparison? What is it, right? Because anxiety is this umbrella term for a lot of those, those um, underlying experiences and emotions. And then you can start to pour love into it. And then you can say, okay, so I see that this is comparison coming up. Why do I feel this way? And where does this come from? What's the root cause of that comparison? Is it this feeling that I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet? Is it that um, I'm not as healthy as I want to be or da da da? And this is a really brave place to explore when you do it because it unveils the deeper rooted fears that, that are they're lying in the subconscious. And that why that's why this work, subconscious healing and shadow work is so powerful because it is courageous to go into the underbelly of our existence and say, okay, what's running the show here that is not apparent to me until I dive deep into the basement of myself? Very Plutonian energy, right? Um, very eclipse <laughs> type energy that we're actually talking about right now. Um, And this is a great time to do this work, to really sit with yourself and not be avoidant, but just go in and be like, all right, here's the story that's running and here's where it stemmed from. Revisiting the place from which it stemmed and asking yourself, okay, can I forgive myself for this part of my past or part of myself? And can I forgive anyone else who was involved in creating this belief system that um, I'm running and I'm looping right now? And what would the better feeling be? what would the better feeling be? Yeah. Okay. So once you've gotten there, then you can start to approach the world a little bit differently. And with that compassionate awareness and that mindfulness in place, I think you'll notice that you'll start to move a little bit differently and you'll move a little slower. Your breath and your heart rate will calm down. Things will change um, in terms of embodiment and in terms of how you approach the world. So the next part of this is embracing vulnerability when you're in social settings. Um, I think anxiety can really crop up for a lot of us in social settings, especially when we're meeting new people, because we think that we're supposed to be a, a particular version of ourselves or a particular person that sometimes we don't feel like we're living up to. And I think social media plays a huge part in this. It's like, you know, 
we live so much of our lives on social media and there's this kind of weird (laughs) black mirror-ish concept that I keep hearing about and people are talking about. It's like our real lives are almost more on social media than they are in the day-to-day. And that disturbs me because it feels too true. And I'm I'm working on uh, peeling that back and reverting that a little bit more and trying to be more present and not multitasking so much, um, you know, day to day. Like, anyways, I'll go on a tangent on that <laughs> another time. But um, recognizing that I think we, we all put on a show on social media. And then when we're in real life with people, it can feel like a lot of pressure to live up to the highlight and to the show that we've created. So just be vulnerable, be honest. And maybe this is an encouragement to be a little lighthearter and more authentic um, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever that means for you. Like, as I've been working through this, for example, I've been practicing like on stories, just turning the camera on and just starting to talk without staging it, without getting my lighting perfect, without looking perfect, without, you know, all the all the movie magic. And I think people are responding to that really well because it's it's human. It's more heart to heart. And I love the show of it all. I love I love putting something together, a beautiful piece of content. But, you know, it's really refreshing to peel that back because now when I when I'm meeting new people in person, I don't feel I don't feel this um, seesaw and this imbalance of authenticity. And I don't want people to meet me and feel like, oh, you're different online than you are in person, just in terms of the energetics of it, because I think, yeah, it's it's all it's it's a bit scripted. So I think this is an invitation for all of us to just like, you know, rip off the script a little bit and show up as we really are without without shame or or anything and just kind of own it a little bit more. And that for me and I think for for many of us is a little bit more humor, right? A little bit more laughter, a little bit more fun in there. Like not everything has to be so put together and so serious, right? So limiting comparisons to ourselves as well. If you haven't listened to um, the the recent comparison episode I did, I think that would be a great place to go next. Um, but just recognizing that your only quote unquote competition is you right now. And the, the only competition is your truest, most authentic self with the monkey mind that is kind of the unevolved human self that we've incarnated into. So the question really is, how can I let my soul speak here? How can I let my soul speak more clearly in this exchange? And what that will look like really is speaking and seeing and existing from the heart space. Something I've been doing with my clients recently is having them drop their awareness out of the mind and the head and into the heart and opening up the heart chakra to be almost like looking out from the heart, opening an eye from the heart space. We hear about this with the third eye, opening up the third eye. And the invitation is to open up an eye from your heart so that you can witness people with open arms and with more seeing them more truly for who they are and then vice versa allowing yourself to be seen by them from that space and when you're in that heart-centered coherence comparison to anybody else just doesn't exist not only because we're all living such different lives but because we're all one and we're all connected and we're all, I believe, source experiencing itself through all of these different incarnations. So when you drop down to the soul level and get out of the thinking mind, things flow a little bit differently, don't they? Yeah. So next part of this is pretty practical. 
um, noticing how you're breathing in in situations that uh, cause anxiety. Like if you're going on a date for the first time and you find yourself anxious, like totally. First of all, turn that into excitement, like change nerves to excitement. That, that should shake things up for you. But secondly, notice how you're breathing. Um, as soon as you pay attention to the breath, you can start to understand your emotional state and you can calm the emotional state by calming the breath down. So you'll notice that when you're anxious, you're breathing at a quickened pace, like, <laughs> like you're running away from something, right? So as soon as you intentionally slow your breath down, the body gets this response and this wave of relaxation to say, oh, I'm not in danger. I can calm down. So the body really, you know, the body keeps the score, right? The body is the medicine here and the breath is life. The breath is life. We're always breathing this energy through us. And, and that's why the breath is just this powerful activator and cleanser to work with. The other part of uh, managing anxiety and understanding it and alleviating it is, is truly dropping into gratitude. I am constantly thinking about this little memento that just says anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist. It's pretty much impossible. When you're grateful, you can hardly be anxious. So really simply just drop into gratitude and appreciation for the most mundane things as well. You know, um, we can get used to things so quickly and we can lose sight of the privilege that it is to be alive. I actually wrote this down in my um, morning pages in my journal this morning that I won the lottery when I was born. And we all did. We won the lottery when we were born. We were born with a clean slate, especially if we were born into a privileged circumstance. Um, we won the lottery, right? And it was only up from there. Everything else that was programmed into us that was fear-based was a forgetting of that lottery that we were born with. So just remember who you are and how you came into this world and how many blessings have been available to you and are currently available to you. Beyond gratitude is exposure. <laughs> I think exposure is the next point to talk about here. Put yourself in situations where you actually are exposed to that anxiety and that social pressure and see how you can manage it differently time after time. Because just like we were just saying, it's like you can get used to anything, right? So get used to getting into new and unusual circumstances on a more regular basis. Um, if you don't feel super comfortable being alone a lot of the time, maybe just start to practice going to a cafe and sitting alone. Maybe it's with your laptop to do a little work at first, but then I would really encourage you to just sit there. Just sit there with your coffee and don't look at your phone, don't look at your laptop, don't look at your book, just sit. This is a really good practice. Um, I noticed this yesterday, I was sitting in a cafe and um, I was doing this intentionally. I was just like, I'm not gonna look at any technology or any, I'm not gonna just distract myself in any way. I'm just gonna sit here and look around. And I think there were 20 people in that cafe and I was the only one that had my eyes up. And usually I'm the one on my laptop, so I'm not saying anything's wrong with that at all, but it felt like a very potent and powerful practice of presence and a practice of confidence to be able to sit there and just own who you are without anything pulling on your energy or masking who you are. So I would encourage you to do this is just look up, look up a little bit more practice being present and in the discomfort of that presence in social environments a little bit more and see how this starts to change things. I was just thinking about, um, you know, my parents' generation. I'm 30. They're in their, like, mid-60s now. Um, 
and before technology, you know, they'd probably go out to a coffee shop and they'd all start up, they'd be either reading the newspaper or starting a conversation with the person next to them. They had these third spaces where people could really connect and see each other and like the option, they didn't have an option to look at something else. It's like they talk to each other. So I would love to, to figure out how to bring that back more in life, right? We need more community like this and we need to be able to look up more. Yeah. So that's the exposure piece, like practice little moments of incremental exposure so that it doesn't feel so uncomfortable. And this will help you more when you're dating or when you're going to parties or when you're networking or when you're presenting in front of a group. You'll see the humanity in everybody a little bit more. Um, and the, the piggyback on this is accepting uncertainty. You don't know how people are going to respond to you, and that's none of your business. <laughs> what other people think of you is none of your business. So allow things to be uncertain and get comfortable in riding that wave. And instead of pushing against that current, just flow with it. Something's going to be revealed that's ultimately going to serve you and challenge you in a really good way. Let's shift into talking about some boundaries here as well. I think from my personal experience, one of my biggest things I'm working on right now is people pleasing. I'm a very fast responder. It's just how I am. I'm a little bit type A like that. Um, I keep my energy very open. I love people. I'm a Cancerian. I, I love taking care of people energetically, especially, and I love being open hearted and reachable. I love that about myself. I love living like that. However, I have noticed that um, as, for example, my audience expands or my community gets a little deeper on Instagram, for example, or whatever it is, people want more access to my energy more than ever before. Um, and I have just started to have this heightened awareness of how easily I've been giving my energy away and how accessible I've made myself. So my practice right now, which if you're relating to this, maybe it's a good practice for you too, is to shorten, sorry, lengthen your response time to people. Give yourself a little more breathing room. So for me, like I have this thing where like I can't leave an email or a text or a message unread for like more than 30 minutes. Like if I see my inbox going up, like I'm constantly just clearing out because I, I don't want, I never want to think about anything like in the back of my mind that needs my attention. I like to get it done right away, immediately. And that's actually helped me grow in my life a lot. It's like just just do it. Like it's the, it's the thought of just do it. Like, so that's the approach I've been taking for a while. But the thing is now I've reached this point where I trust myself enough to do it. Like I'm, I'm always going to do it. Like I know what's going to get me to the next place that I want to be. Um, so I actually am realizing I can let that go a little bit. I can let that immediacy and that trigger happy response go a little bit. I don't need to open up those messages right away. I don't need to be on every second of every moment. And for me, that's that's literally just like lengthening it to an hour. <laughs> Maybe I'll relate to that. Like just, just give yourself a little bit more time to respond. And even more deeply than that, if there's somebody that you don't want to be talking to, you don't need to talk to them. You don't need to, you don't have to open up your energy to them. Um, and I know this can be difficult. This can be challenging because we always want to be kind and compassionate, right? But um, there are certainly more moments coming up recently where I'm like, okay, it is safe and it is okay for me to retract my energy from this room or from these people. I don't owe anybody anything. And you don't either. We don't owe anybody anything. We do owe people kindness, but kindness doesn't look like being too available or too accessible. Kindness can look like just stepping back, you know, because it's unkind to lead people on, I would say, or to give your energy away from a place of 
not being authentic. You know, that's more harmful than anything. And people learn. People need to learn as well if they're being too much or et cetera. Not that they are, but for you, you know. So I would just give yourself permission to take your time to protect your energy and to know that it's safe to say no energetically or maybe out loud. If you don't want to do something, you don't have to do something. You don't have to communicate with people who are, you know, depleting your energy. It's really good practice to use discernment and saying, is this person making me feel better? Are they draining me? What's the energetic exchange here? The final thing I want to encourage you to do is to visualize your success more often. This is a really powerful part of an evening routine and a rising routine is to visualize things going really well. We so easily go to the worst case scenario with everything to prepare ourselves. And that can be a really powerful healing modality, actually, is to visualize it going wrong so that you can, you know, support yourself and get ready for that sensation and prep yourself so that you're not in fear. But on a regular basis, really, I would encourage you to be visualizing your success at every moment that you can remember to do it. Um, and there's so much research behind this, like that is scientifically backed, especially with athletes. The athletes that visualize their performance going well actually literally perform better. And there's even, you know, so much studies around weightlifting. They actually start to build more muscle as they start to visualize lifting in the gym. Just the visualization sends a signal to the cellular makeup of the body to build muscle more. Dr. Tara Swart was talking about this recently on uh, Diary of a CEO. There are a lot of research um, based studies around this. Same with musicians. I just want to illustrate the power of visualization is really what we're getting at here. Visualize yourself successful. And what I have done is I actually regularly do this in my voice notes. I will script out basically how I want my ideal day to look. And I'll record that in like a two minute voice note and just and actually speak it as if it is happening and unfolding like that to visualize things going in the best way possible, best case scenario, right? All right. I think I'll leave you there. Visualize your success. Remember to breathe. And um, it's going to be okay, you guys. <laughs> it's okay. Just remember that. I think that first point was probably the most important there is to not villainize yourself for having denser emotions and to pour love and compassion into those parts of self and think through the heart. See through the heart and let your soul speak through your expression more actively. All right. Send me a ping on Instagram. Let me know what your biggest takeaways are. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.